Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe. Now introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Gaines, and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. My name's Ed Mann and today we're joined yet again by Joe Watkins. How are you doing, Joe? Good. Hi, everyone. See, they would think it would be that easy. You know, it's just, hi, everyone. We've just started recording. It just hasn't taken, what, three browsers? No, three different sets of recording equipment and two different browsers to finally get here. But we are rocking on, what is it, Google Hangouts this time. Yeah, and some kind of old crappy webcam I found <laughs> in the cupboard. Yeah, a webcam <laughs> with audio out of that somehow. Oh, dear. It's funny because we were going through and it's just like, what, what's going wrong? What's, you know, what, what actually has changed since we last tried? And it's the dreaded, I've upgraded my OS. And it's like, dun, yeah. dun, dun. Yeah, I was still running Ubuntu 14, um, which is like years old now. Um, but I did upgrade it, and, and it's actually broke everything. My my whole experience of using a computer has got much worse. <laughs> oh man! Well, I've got actually, I've got to ask actually because you over the Christmas holiday and stuff, uh, you you said you, you kind of tweeted out some pictures of like you setting up a new server or something, or a game like a gaming PC or something. What what you've been doing? Yes, yeah, so I just bought a server uh, because they're really cheap at the moment um, because they're like last generation hardware, but they've still got like thirty two cores and. 64 gigs of RAM and still pretty good compute nodes, so I bought one. Yeah, yeah that's awesome, man. So, so what's your kind of what's your intentions with it? Uh, yeah, um, well, obviously, some of the stuff I do, like building software, is quite computer uh, co- co- uh, CPU intensive, and I've got a good computer, but the processor alone in it was nearly a thousand pound. So I'd like to prolong the life of it uh, if I can. So that's what it's really about. Just um, rather than doing heavy computational work on my computer, I just do it on the server in- instead, and um, it will hopefully prolong the life of my desktop. That's a brilliant idea. So, that's how do you mind like saying how much it costs, like in total, then to build up set up the server? Oh yeah, no, it was um, three hundred and fifty pounds for the server, and then um, obviously servers are very extremely loud with the fans they've got in them. They don't have normal cooling on them because they're obviously meant to go in a rack and the rack itself is cooled and the room mm. that the rack is in is cooled. But obviously I don't have a rack, it's just in a cupboard. So I took the um, normal server cooling equipment out and put desktop cooling stuff in, which was like 20 quid a CPU, uh, 25 quid a CPU. And then that was really it that I needed to do. But also I got an additional fiber connection um, for it because... I've given out logins to it so other people can use it as well. Um, and I didn't want that to affect my you know, ability to do normal work and the kids' ability to watch crap on <laughs> Netflix, YouTube. Netflix, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You would hear it loud and screaming, you know, if you weren't able to access YouTube or Netflix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, to be fair, we only have one connection. They've both got um, now TV boxes in their bedroom and they've both got, like, consoles and that. And when they're, like, heavy on it, it does get a bit slow for me if I'm trying to download some big file or upload some big file. And, I, and I've looked at the, the maths of it, and it really shouldn't, but it does, though. Um, I think, actually, a lot of these services lie about the maximum bandwidth they might use. If the wife's watching something and both of the kids are watching something on separate computers. I'm really limited. Uh, you can actually see that it's, it, it severely limits your, your bandwidth when you're trying to 
upload some big thing. So, yeah, so I've got another fiber connection and a bunch of routers and things. Yeah, because I noticed that picture as well. <laughs> yeah, I've got like two routers screwed on the wall and another one that does the actual routing um, and the switch. And oh, I'm going to throw one of the routers away because someone's going to send me a different one because it's a bit crap as it turns out. Um, but yeah, it's quite good with the two fiber lines. Uh, it's about 160 megs down and 50 odd up, which is not bad. And that's a real 160 down, 50 up, not the yeah. the perceived that they'll say. That's it, because interesting. So you've got, so what's your setup now? This you've got two fiber lines in now, and then yeah, and they're both from the set. Are they both open reach? Yeah, both open reach. Yeah, and, and like the maximum theoretical speed there is 80, 80 megs. And I spend days trying to find someone who could do a properly decent fast connection. And no one's going to do it, and no one's got any intention of doing it in the next, you know, in the foreseeable future. So the only choice was another line. So then I've got two modems in bridge mode and uh, a router that does dual WAN. And it doesn't, I can aggregate the bandwidth. It does like um, load balancing. All right. Um, across the two. But um, obviously if you're using something like BitTorrent that opens many connections, it will use both connections. But if you're just doing like a speed test.net test, it'll only use one. But yeah, that's good enough. So does, it, so does it have two separate IP addresses then that you you have, like wired yeah. IPs? Yeah, and I've actually got static ones now as well because I switched over to BT Business. Because, did you know, it's actually, actually cheaper to have BT Business than it is to have BT Residential. Really? Yeah. If you if you drop the phone package, which is what you're paying for, I mean, who really uses their house I know, phone? I know, that's the joke Everyone, now, isn't it? <laughs> everyone's got a mobile phone, but they're still paying, I mean... For, for the, the phone rental line, isn't it? It's the rental of the yeah. phone line. Well, you still pay. You still pay for that because you still need the phone line. But it's thirty-five pounds a month per line, and uh, but without any phone package. I mean, I can still use the phone if I want to, but they'll charge me through the teeth for it. But um, it's only thirty-five pounds a month per line, and, and when I was on residential, it was fifty pounds a month per line. So it's like quite a lot cheaper, and, and you can't you're get static. Yeah, you got static yeah, you can't IP. get static IP addresses as a residential customer. You can't get because um, you can't get static um, IPs. You can't get reverse DNS or anything like that, and if it goes down, um, it's part of the contract that um, they've got. To, they've got to do something about it within seven hours or something like that. Um, and if they don't, you can get twenty-five quid back. Yeah, they don't do any of that on residential. And also, everyone that I've ever spoken to that works for BT Residential is thick as two short planks, and they don't know <laughs> anything. They don't know anything about computers. They're just reading off a screen, and that's really frustrating. And they'll like they'll like tell you lies without thinking about. Oh, maybe the person on the other end of the phone actually knows, knows what they're, they're talking, talking about. about. Yeah, and they'll just tell you lies like, oh, you need a special router for that. One person even asked me, what is a static IP address? And it was like, and, and another person said, you have got static IP addresses. And it was like, well... You make you know, me want to cry. Idiot. Yeah, pass me on to someone who knows what they're talking about. But the BT business people see, seem altogether better trained and a bit more clued up. So I'm quite impressed with them so far. That's interesting, because maybe that's where they get their money, or I suppose that that's where clued up people actually go to. Yeah. Because generally, if you're ringing up on behalf of a business, you're like an IT guy. That's and it. You're going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah, but you know you've got a static IP address and you know that it's yeah. not a special router that you're going to need or some other crap. I mean, when, when someone asked me, what is a static IP address? I was literally speechless for about a minute. And I just didn't know what to say to that. 
And when someone said, oh, you need a special router for that, I just went mad at them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like, the trouble is that that's like half, you know, like three hours down the line of all these calls with someone. I'm sure you're just thinking you're at the wit's end with them and you're just like, look, I'm going to have to Ooh. let it rip now because I've just had enough. Yeah, and you feel quite sorry for them because you know that they're just reading off the screen and they're not really, probably not interested in computers or networks or anything. But, I mean, if you're going to do a job, do it properly. If, if it was my job, even though I'd have my training that, I'd actually go out of my way to find out about it so that I could give people useful advice. That's it. I wouldn't just yeah, give the them value. But I'm glad I don't have to deal with them anymore. Well, I was thinking that's cool now. So you've got two, oh, two, two lines then in dual mode that then just, like, just share between. So it's not actually... So did you kind of, with the server, do you specify, I want this one static IP address, it goes through that one line, and then everything well, at, out and back core? At the moment, I have to, because the router that I've got that does dual WAN is a bit shit. Well, it's not shit, it was like 180 quid brand new, but um, it's just not really um, like business grade, decent hardware. It's, like, it's made by Asus, and uh, it just don't do it right for some reason. You can't set it up to route through both interfaces so i've had to set it up to route through one but a friend of mine chris is like a network engineer and he um he was trying to help me with it like remotely logging into my computer and trying to configure all my hardware remotely and um he just got so fed up with it that he went and bought himself a new router and sent me his old one that is the one way of getting new hardware <laughs> yeah because he didn't want to be defeated by it uh so yeah um, i've got another router coming that he says definitely does support using both interfaces for everything so that's that's good, but I mean, the server's only a compute node, so it's not like um, it's, I'm not going to use it for like serving websites or anything like that. But some people have been, I've given logins to a few lots of people, and they've been using it to do like um, benchmarking and performance testing and things like that. So that's really cool. And is that all that in the PHP space then? Compiling PHP and running test based benchmarks. Oh no, that. compiling compiling PHP is not that much work. It takes my computer about forty five seconds. Um, it's not that much work, but compiling like um, whole operating systems or like compiling HHVM takes anything hours. So um, yeah, so I let, I let everyone else use it as well. And I should actually say congratulations to uh, your accepted talk to speak in Serbia. I know how much you loved, you know, the the alcohol there before before Christmas, and there you go. Yeah, back I'm not going to be I'm not going to be drinking any of the alcohol, but um, yeah, I am looking forward to going back actually. Yeah, so um, did, would you mind like explaining kind of like what what you talk about and and what's what's that going on about that? Well, actually, it's just going to be like I'm going to be playing like the developer advocate for PHP. I just want um, I, I work with Serbians and I know that they're extremely very hardworking people. I want them on board. I want I want more I want more people to contribute to PHP, but I, I not not necessarily um, to code base of PHP itself, but to all the projects surrounding it. All of our lives are made easier or more difficult depending on how good the tools we are with the tools we've got to work with are and nobody works on any of the tools that surround php because they just assume they work but they don't um they haven't been touched in years and they're dilapidated and abandoned really um so i'm just going to try and sort of um, rustle up some new contributors it's uh, the title is going to be contributing to php and it's going to be about how you can contribute without having to be like a sea wizard how just normal PHP programmers are extremely useful and they've just got to come forward and ask the right questions and ask for the right access to stuff and they'll get given it. I'll do it myself personally. Just because, yeah, I'm going to start it in Serbia and then I'm going to take it around some other places and just try and rustle up some 
some new some new contributors to that to that side of it. I mean, plenty of people work on PHP source, but not enough people do everything else, and and it's everything else that, that um, needs work now. So yeah, that's that's what it's going to be about. That's awesome, man. Because I know that you did your first talk. It was it in Portsmouth. You did a um, P threads talk, or like kind of yeah. in, in PHP. Yeah, I did. But you know, um, I've come to realise over years that um, multi-threading is just too hard for people to understand. And um, I'm not going to say it was a mistake to write P threads, but I am going to say that it just doesn't belong in the hands of everyone. And trying to trying to educate the masses is just not how not, it's not going to work. I don't have the expertise to educate the masses, maybe, or I, d- I don't know what language to use. But I decided not to go with that again because it's just so hard and I, I, I just don't see that it's a good use of my time. I like working on it and I, I like maintaining it. And for the people who use it, it's extremely powerful. But um, the people that are using it uh, don't have to ask me um, how to use it. They don't have to up. They don't have to ask me um, what everything is and what everything does. They just understand it because they understand it from another language, or they just got. They have a need I just, for it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think everyone can think like that, and I'm not, I'm not being like big-headed or that. I mean, I'm not the best multi-threaded programmer in the world, but I just don't think people don't think in parallel. Uh, they, they can't um, model that kind of execution very well. So I just decided to do something new for a talk subject. No, I think it's a very. I think it's a good talk you're doing, though, man. I mean, this is this is the kind of you know the tooling around PHP, as you say, needs help and it needs support as much as the PHP source, and it, it's an admirable job to you know to get involved in something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's not enough people involved in it, and the people that are involved in it, they kind of fix stuff when it's broken. But what we need is people to actually take charge of these projects and and, and push them forward, like they're like there are people pushing forward PHP itself. Um, there, there isn't anyone. There are people that will help and that will fix broken stuff but then there's not anyone that, that you know makes it their business to actually improve this stuff and while github's been developing all these collaboration tools we've still got what we had 10 years ago and it hasn't really improved and bits of it are broken and parts of it are not finished and it's just like um it it seems more important now all the stuff around php seems more important than php itself php itself has got a good base of contributors and maintainers but everything else hasn't um, so yeah, it just seems like it's worth trying to get some support for them projects. So, so what are the kind of projects that you you say you have in mind? Like, is it the tooling around like the GitHub, like transferring over to GitHub and things like that? Or no, well, we, we've already got like pull requests on GitHub, but um, our our issue tracker is not on GitHub. It's like a custom piece of crap, and um, it is literally a piece of crap. I mean. There, there was a thing missing from it that Rasmus fixed two weeks ago, and he said, oh, that must have never worked. And it was like, well, you, you, you need people to get involved in bug tracking and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's boring work, but it's important. Bugs are more important than new features, obviously. And um, if the tools are broken, then how are they going to do that? If they don't, if they don't, they're just not up to scratch. Yeah, if the infrastructure so isn't there, how, how is the code you're producing going to actually perform? Yeah, I mean, there's like 4,000 open bugs. And it's not that there's, there probably is quite a few thousand um, actual bugs in PHP, but a lot of them are just like 10 years old or they're opened against PHP 4 and they've been changed a couple of times over the past decade But to change the version number. But no one's actually bothered to find out if the bug is still there or, or find out if it's closable. They've just changed the version on it. So 
Um, that's one of the main projects that needs help is the Bugsnet project. Um, it needs a better interface. It, need, it needs to be the kind of place you want to go in the morning for 20 minutes, not something from 1995, because uh, that's basically what, what it is. And then there's, there's we've actually got Jenkins. Like, nobody knows about it, but we've actually got Jenkins for PHP source, but it, but it only runs our own test suite, which is not very good. Um, like well, Just before we're about to do a release, Remy Collet, who does um, all the uh, Red Hat drives. Yeah, he does a lot um, of good packaging. stuff there. Yeah, he he runs really good um, QA um, with um, Symphony test suites and like Horde test suites and all these other software. Really, we should be doing that. Uh, we should be doing that all the time so that it's not, you know, literally hours before we package a release that we find out that we've broken something and we have to go back and revert fixes. It should be, it should be part of pull requests and, and the normal workflow. So it would be good if someone could take charge of Jenkins or a team, really, because it will take a team, um, could take charge of, like, Jenkins. And, um, you know, just ev- just everything that you look at to do with it. The only thing that's actually half decent is the php.net website and the documentation. That took a, a handful of people years to, to get it from what it used to look like to what it looks like today. So, yeah, it's just we need, like, a few teams to, to do a, a few different a few different jobs around the place. And they don't need to know anything about C. They don't need to be able to read it or recognize it or anything. It's not C-related at all. So that's mainly, you know, one of the first things I'm going to do is bust that myth that to, to be involved, you've got to be at least no C. Because that's a lot of people say, oh, you don't have to be really great at C. But that implies that you... You actually you have, have to have to, any knowledge, yeah. Yeah, um, but you don't. Uh, there's, like, the most important things now are nothing to do with C. Uh, so that's the first thing I'm going to try and get across and then introduce all the different stuff that you could do without knowing anything about C. Uh, so, yeah. Has this kind of come about in, you know, kind of your mind since you've worked on, you know, PHP 7 release, you know, 7.1 release, um, being a release manager there and stuff? Seen yeah, it? actually. Yeah, actually. It has. Um, our QA is uh, pretty much non-existent. I mean, like I said, it gets left to the last minute, um, literally hours before we're going to push out a release. We get told we've broken something and we have to revert stuff. That's not really good enough. It could have been it could have been brought up much earlier than that. And obviously Remy doing that is extremely useful, but we need to have these we need to have this ability ourselves and mm. we need to know when a pull request is open before anyone thinks about merging it. Is this gonna break backwards compatibility? Because even like I can I I, I merge stuff and I've thought about it and I think, well, there's obviously a backwards compatibility concern, but it's not so widespread and it's quite a narrow case. And so I think it's okay to merge. And then I merge it and no one says anything about it. No one says, oh, you shouldn't be merging that because they don't know either. And then and then it comes down to the last hour, uh, you know, in the final hours we get told, oh, you've broken this and that and the other. So um, that's got to stop. That's got to be fixed, really. And the only way we can do that, I don't have any more time to give to the project, neither does um, Nikita or Demetrius and or, or Bob Wing and we just don't have time so we need more people and, and we need people that um, that have got um, good experience in PHP that know the language well and, and that's nearly everyone that uses it um, they've all got the kind of skills we need to to improve the tooling around it Every, almost everyone so you know it's all like XML and PHP itself and it's, it's easy really but it takes time and I'm already pretty much overcommitted. I mean, I've 
I, I, I've got bugs open on projects of mine that I've just got to ignore while I try and focus you know, on something. Them. Yeah, and um, you know, I can't, I can't say I'm going to do it because it just wouldn't be true. I, I, I might be able to start something, and I can go out there and encourage other people to do it, but I just don't have the actual time to put into it myself, and not, nor does any of the other people that are working on fixing implementation problems and things like that. So yeah. It, it has come about as a, as, a, as a result of the work I'm doing recently, yeah. And there's actually an interesting, there was a, a tweet that was sent out by Andrea, I think, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, kind of like saying, you know, is there anything, you know, people want to see in PHP and stuff like that? Um, yeah, that and got... you, you chimed in as well. Oh, did I? I can't, I can't remember what I said. What did I say? Uh, you, I think you were just mentioning kind of like the CLI uh, for life or something. I, I think there was, it was only an oh. off-the-cuff comment. <laughs> Oh yeah, I did make an off the cuff comment about the CLI for life. Oh, someone asked for um, PHP debug to be integrated into um, IDEs and stuff. Um, I'm not really interested in that. Um, we kind of had a well. What happened was me and another guy more or less wrote it, and then Bob came along and he wrote some really advanced stuff for it. And and since then he's more or less taken the, pro- the project over. He's done all the work for PHP seven, and he fixes all the bugs on it because I'm busy doing other things and. And he did write integration for an IDE, but it wasn't based on the xDebug protocol thing, uh, or debug P, whatever they call it. It was his own take on it, and um, it just didn't go down very well with the people who write the IDE. To be honest, it was never really meant for that. It's meant to be like a... It's got some more advanced features than xDebug, but it has a very, very slim scope. Because XDebug's a profiler and it's meant to work remotely and it's got this protocol thing and it's got a very wide scope and you can use it with anything. Um, PHP debug was never meant to be that. It was meant to be a command line debugger for advanced PHP users and internals developers. It does stuff that is specifically aimed at internals developers. Nobody to else. Aid your, to aid your, yeah, your development. Yeah. I, I'm glad that people use it and it's got... Um, coverage driver now as well which just appeared without i didn't know it was even happening um uh, which is great and it, and it does it much faster than xdebug if you care about that kind of thing so it's got so there's some overlap there but, but the it's two a different are not audience incom- yeah the two are not in competition php debug is and is going to remain primarily aimed at advanced and internals developers that want that kind of environment that they might be used to from c it's basically GDB for PHP um, with different command names, um, and that's what it's going to remain. So, yeah, when someone said they, they wanted to see it be integrated into an ID, I'm just not interested in that, and I doubt Bob's interested in doing that again. And as you say, like, you know, they're for two different audiences, and XDebug yeah. is, is, is made at the masses, whereas, you know, and, PHP and, debug And it's isn't. extremely mature, and it's extremely mature, and it's got loads of different tools, and that's just what you should use if you're going to debug, you know, remote PHP. But if you're an internals developer or you're the kind of person who writes their own servers or whatever in PHP, then maybe you should use PHP debug. But there isn't any competition because there can't be any competition because PHP debug's about five minutes old and xDebug's like two decades <laughs> old or whatever. So um, I just don't, I don't really want to complicate it with, I didn't really want to complicate it with remote stuff in the first place, but um, when we were first writing it, uh, someone came in the in the IRC channel where we were discussing the development of it, and then I just whacked together this really, really pants thing that allowed you to use it remotely, and I whipped up a Java interface, a user interface for it, 
of the client. I probably shouldn't have done that. I should have probably just said, no, we don't want to do that because we didn't want to do that. But it is hard, but, um, though, isn't it? Because it is that kind of like feeling of, oh, well, it's possible. So let's just experiment. And as yeah. you say, like it goes in and then it just becomes its own thing. And it's like it's never what it's intended for. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't intended for that. And it's not going to really ever be good at that because it's, it just doesn't fit. Uh, XD bugs loaded as an extension so you can load it in any server environment, whereas PHP debug is a server environment. So it just doesn't fit in, in the remote kind of mm. world. I mean, we kind of made it fit, but it doesn't really. Uh, but yeah, she got loads of replies to that. About eighty or people. I know people. People. The masses did talk, didn't they? Crowd crowdsourcing yeah. kind of you know, the ideas of what should come next in PHP. Uh, I'm glad. I hope she picked some up some of them ideas. Um, so a couple of weeks before that, she was talking about how she didn't want to contribute anymore because she didn't feel safe. Um, That's a bit scary. Whole, yeah, because of the whole um, the contributor covenant argument that happened. She she tweeted something about. Since that, she just doesn't really feel like putting herself out there because she feels vulnerable to attack. Unless just basically said, "Fuck that, is you're you're more valuable than the people who exactly. cause them arguments." So I hope she does pick up some of them ideas. But some of them are a bit crazy, though. I'm a bit bored of people talking about generics because it's not the kind of th- there's even an RFC for it. But it's like it's not the kind of thing you can just talk about. You need a patch for that. You need to be able to prove that you can actually. Well, get it we've to spoken work. about that in the past, though, haven't we? It's that yeah. whole you know you come to the table with an idea. You've either come to the table with an idea that you've really thought out everything, or you've come to the table with a patch as well, which shows that yeah. it's possible. And I know, obviously, then, but then you know, like you're you're accessible and stuff. So if someone's got an idea that you think's good, and, and you feel like, yeah, we can do a patch of that, and it's possible, you can write that up before you actually, you know, propose it. Yeah, there is there is that. You you can come along and try and convince other people to do your work for you, but you should understand that that is what you're trying to do: get other people to do your work for you. We're all we're all trying to do stuff. And we're all busy, and we've all got real lives as well. I said you've got a day job, you've got life, family, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's got to be a good um, idea to want, and and an interesting idea to warrant other people's interest. Yeah, and um, when you come when you come with something so big and so complicated, where not everything is, it's not even clear in anyone's head how it might work. uh, You're just wasting everyone's time, really. So yeah, but I hope she does pick up some something from it. I I hope she um took some inspiration from that because there was a bunch of replies i tried to read through them this morning to try and like get a feel for what everyone was saying but it was just crazy <laughs> all over the everyone was, yeah just basically just saying everything that's ever been refused uh which is like well and and just the same stuff that everyone always says like property getters and setters and generics mm. and things which I'd, I'd like to see some of it, but I'd like to see a patch for it. I don't want to talk yeah, about it anymore. I think that's that's coming from the side of, you know, you've seen, you've been around the mill a couple of times. You know, it's very easy to write something at 140 characters, but actually then yeah. doing it is another thing. But it's good to have that inspiration. And it's good to, you know, have the audience of like, what do you want to see then? Like speaking yeah, to, you know, your, thought, your audience. I thought it was a great idea on Andrew, Andrew's part to actually ask people what they wanted rather than just decide this would be cool. And, yeah. And do that. Yeah, I thought it was a great idea, but I don't. I, I don't. She hasn't. I tried to get in contact with her to see if she'd actually picked up any of them ideas, but she hasn't replied yet. So I guess she's busy working on them. <laughs> yeah, you'll just see a couple of some patches come up, and you're like, oh, that's what you've been up yeah. to. Well, one thing that had been it has been accepted, I think, is the the list syntax training commas. Thing. Yeah, no, it hasn't actually been accepted. It's supposed to open for another two days, actually. Ah. And, and will this go into seven one or seven two? No, the plan? no, it won't go into seven one. So your your scope is very much now just bug fixes um, in this in this well, race now. 
or, or things that are interesting uh, to you like things that actually appeal no, that... no it's no it's not about interesting to me um we are supposed to be feature frozen so we've got to try and respect that but at the same time if if some feature comes along and it's self-contained and it's got no backwards compatibility concerns and it's got um it's got a good chance of being used at the moment then it makes sense to emerge that into an active branch but at the same time what are we going to call 7.2 um, at the moment it's not remarkably different and and i i've said this and then i got shot down i got shot down and someone said oh well we abandoned making releases when we've got features for them when we adopted a new release process when we have a new release every year uh, which is true but release management is actually quite a lot of work and i don't feel comfortable putting a, a message out asking for volunteers for a release manager if there's not really required because 7.2 is not really so different from 7.1 so for me i think there has got to be some remarkable difference between 7.1 and 7.2 it's going to come out in a year anyway it's going to come out a year after 7.1 anyway even if there's not much difference but if we've got these features coming along then for things like that language syntax things i think it doesn't belong in 7.1 it does belong in 7.2 not least of all, because it's a bit weird to document that um, we got this new special syntax in 7.1.42 or whatever. It, it's much easier just to require 7.2 if you need that, if you want yeah. to use that syntax in your in your code. So, um, yeah, I think it doesn't really make sense for language syntax things. But, like, um, there's another discussion about a high-resolution timer, uh, which I see no problem with having in 7.1. Uh, it's self-contained. It's only one function. It's... Um, so what what would that do then? Cool, um, high resolution time functions for the platform. Like on Windows, it would be like query performance counter, and on Linux, it's a monotonic clock. So it doesn't work on seconds; it works on ticks and the frequency of the CPU. So it's a much higher resolution way of timing. It's it's mostly useful for um, writing um, benchmarks and things mm. like that, and performance testing code. I think it's found a use in this. Uh, it's found a use in AMP area, the the, the, AMP, the asynchronous PHP um, arena. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the use is, but it's those guys that have been working on the implementation. So I think that's what they're working on it for. It's because it's only one function, or maybe one function, a couple of constants. Maybe it, it seems like a no-brainer to have that. Uh, even though it's still a bit weird to document that you get something in seven point one point forty two, it's not so weird if it's if it's just a function. Well, it's quite, that... and also it's quite a low level function that is yeah. needed. It's not something like something that the masses are going to be like, yes, thank you that you gave me this. It's going to be something yeah, that's a yeah. bit more concentrated. It's pretty specialist, yeah. So um, I, I think the earlier we can give them that, the better, the, the faster they can move on. But um, no one's really suffering for not being able to leave training commas in stuff i mean it's that's syntactic sugar isn't it on top of things yeah i I don't even think i voted on that because i just don't think it's important i i really don't it annoys me when review code a lot for work and it does annoy me when two lines are changed rather than one but it's like well are we going to change the specification of the language to fix that or or are we just going to get on with our lives? So I'm not sure how the vote's going or that, but I I, didn't, I don't think I bother voting on any of them because they just don't seem important. But yeah, that, that's going to be finished voting in two days. And then that will be a 7-2 thing probably. Yeah, and then that will yeah. be a 7-2 thing, yeah. 
One thing that I, I would like to bring up, and I'm sure we've brought up before and everyone brings this up, and even in Andrea's, the comments left on her when I tweet, is the concept of arrow functions or short closures and things like that. And that gets brought up a lot, especially, yeah. you know, functions are a big thing now. You know, they're beautiful with the idea of, you know, like list comprehensions and array maps. And we've had the idea of piping and things like that, pipe operators. This, this new, well, I say it's not new, really. It, it was around since, I mean, there was the first, there was a short closures RFC. And then there was another one that's been introduced last year, mid last year, the arrow functions that's kind of been is under discussion now. I'm wondering kind of like what your thoughts are on it. Uh, and that does seem like something if it was proposed and, and accepted and actually there was a patch and it worked and everything would be something maybe that a 7.2 could, you know, hang its hat on. Yeah, it will be going into 7.2 if it gets accepted. But um, okay, well, I don't actually buy the main argument for it. Okay, I don't buy that eight characters is so different from 20 or whatever it is. I don't think that we read code in characters or symbols. I don't, so I don't think it's super valuable for the reasons that have been given. However, there are very narrow cases where it does seem a bit wasteful to have all the boilerplate for one expression, but you can't generalize and say, well, it's not the case that you use it in place of everything that is one expression because sometimes all of the boilerplate is not just boilerplate sometimes it's context and it's it, it helps you to read it, it reduces the cognitive overhead of whatever the statement is because by the time you, you haven't got an implicit yeah implicit knowledge of what needs to be you know what the, the actual yeah. yeah constructs are but the, i mean the people on the other side of the argument will say well that's a weak argument and they'll give probably good good reasons it's probably a weak argument if we're talking about introducing a new thing i think you've got to have stronger argument than we're going to reduce this 30 character thing to eight which is actually what i keep hearing and i just find that mad I, you know like um, doctors speaking incomprehensible language but you wouldn't have it any other way you wouldn't say to doctors that they can't name all of the different chemicals in their drugs with short words and um, words that we understand and words that we recognize because that's not what they are and it wouldn't do anyone any favors the people that need to understand it do understand it and that's the, it's the same with code it's not like you're it's going to be particularly easier to recognize the word function or fn it's a lear, it's a learned thing if you recognize fn it's because you've learned what it means and i also think it's um the other argument is that um in, uh, explicit binding using use is awkward somehow uh but i don't buy that was that introduced as a limited like there was there a reason it was introduced as a factor to be explicit or was it a actual implementation detail i don't actually know the actual original reason why it was introduced but i prefer it that way if we're just talking about one expression then maybe you don't have to have explicit binding because you can you can just read the statement and you can see what variables are used in the statement. But if we're talking about actual proper functions that have got many statements and they use many variables, do you really want to go and work out where all them variables come from? Do you want to work out where there might be clashes between the code that you, in the function and the code above it? I don't think, I don't really like that idea. I know other languages do it like that, but I, I think PHP is not aimed at um, you ES6 experts, it's aimed at beginners, and I think explicit is better. I think um, it makes it clearer, it makes your intent clearer, it makes it 
easier to understand for a beginner, and I think that's all important for PHP. So I don't really buy the argument that being able to admit omit the use declaration is useful. I don't know. I, I probably won't vote on short closures because the argument's been raging for so long now. I uh, just really want to see it solved, and I don't really have... I'm impartial to whether it goes in or not. If it goes in, it'd be quite nice for some people, and uh, it'd probably confuse beginners, but we could just tell them to ignore it. Um, yeah, that's it. You just say, this is not something you need to do at this time, and then, you know, obviously... But then, but then the argument only goes so far, because then you've got collaboration in a, in the, in a team, you might have a, very, a wide variety of um, skills, and some, some of the, you know, more senior devs might want to use that, and they just kind of can't, because it's confusing for juniors. But I mean... That's a bridgeable cross when we come to it. Maybe it's not that confusing. Maybe I'm not, I don't really remember what it's like to be a junior, so I can't really say anymore what is confusing and what isn't. Maybe I'm just being a bit paranoid. I don't know. So I, I wouldn't really vote on it because I, I don't, I, I can't really say that I, I don't really love it. So I don't feel like um, I should vote yes. But I, I, I can't really, I can't really justify blocking anything on on the basis of the implementation or yeah, the ideas. Well, the implementation is fine. It's done by Bob, um, and he's like a really smart cookie, so the implementation will be great. I think you should only vote no on stuff if, if you've actually got a really good yeah. reason to vote no. Not just because you don't like it. it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a really good way of being. Yeah, my personal preference shouldn't really come into it. Uh, but, um, you know, if you can tell that an implementation is actually bad or that an idea is actually actively harmful, then, then you should vote no. But it's not that. Uh, it's not actively harmful. It's just a bit, um, a bit strange, a bit foreign. I'm guessing you've probably spoken to people about this RFC, kind of like you know the, the other cores, the developers and stuff. I'm like, what's their opinions on it? Like, do they follow your kind of thinking, or are they, you know, of a different ilk? No, um, I talk most days to the, the guys that are doing it, Bob and Levi. No, they don't. They don't think like I do. They they want it. They're pushing it forwards. They're doing a lot of work on it. Levi is a big fan of the cutting thirty characters to eight or something being important. But I just don't really. I don't. I don't really see the point in tackling him on that because it's, that's his idea. And if if that's if that's the justification he wants to use, good 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 luck to him. Uh, I can disagree with it quietly because the implementation is going to be good i know for a fact that it's going to be used by by several projects so i can just sort of quietly go along with it but i, I can still have an opinion that's pretty negative about it really but yeah i, I um i talk to them every day uh, almost every day and they're, they're um they're working really hard on it both, both of them so i, I wish them luck I, I wouldn't want to stand in their way by voting no on that but i don't particularly like it but I don't particularly like big chunks of PHP, so it doesn't. Really, I think that's it. it yeah, it's it's it, it's that whole idea of it's a democracy. Is that you know other people want certain bits, and you may not agree with it completely, but yeah, you know, it's, unless it's actively harmful or it does something bad, that's it. or it stands and you've got a real valid reason. Yeah, unless you've got a good reason, you shouldn't really vote on stuff. So. Another thing I was going to talk to you about was the the concept of immutability, about the idea of like immutable classes and immutable properties. And I'm just wondering kind of like what's your feeling towards it? I know that, you know, this is available in other languages and it will be bringing it in to PHP. Okay, well, the first thing to say is that normally you give you give hints about immutability to the compiler or executor or whatever so that it can optimize the code it generates or executes. But in the case of PHP, it doesn't do that. It just complicates things. I've had a look at the patch. I don't particularly like it. Um, I think it could be a good idea. But I don't think it's very well thought out or implemented, so 
I would actually vote no on that at the moment because I think it's not very well implemented. But I can't really see what a good implementation looks like. PHP is a dynamic language, and I don't know if the two really fit together very well, dynamic and immutable. Uh, you expect to be able to do certain things with an object, and if you can't do them, and if magic happens behind the scenes, like if you change a member and suddenly, uh, because the, the, the member you've changed is on an immutable object, you get a different object, that's surprising. It's not the kind of thing that fits with PHP, and, and, and the draft is like an all-encompassing thing. It wants to have immutable everything. Um, it doesn't just focus on let's have immutable properties and see what optimizations we can get from that. It tries to have immutable classes, objects, properties, and, and it's just like, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. But I think it could, in principle, be good, but it needs tackling in small, manageable chunks where we just try and focus on what optimizations can we get from having immutable objects or immutable properties, but we can't do it all at once, and we can't do it so that all it, that it serves is to slow things down, uh, because that would appear to be what it will do at the moment. Um, so yeah, and uh, also it's got the same kind of strange, um, the same kind of strange limitations around references that my first uh, attempt at typed properties had, uh, which is just not acceptable, and we know it's not acceptable. That is one of the things that everybody rebel rebelled against. So it's not in very good shape at the moment, but um, I don't know if um, it's actually going to be pushed forward. So I think it got brought up for discussion, even though it still says it's in draft. I think it did get brought up for discussion, and the response may have been quite negative about it. So I don't know if it's going to be moved forward or not. No, that's really interesting. And and, and another one, actually, um, and this has been around since last year. I think, uh, well, actually, actually, so sorry. So it was actually just around December time last year. Uh, is the the concept of like server-side request response objects. Um, I hate that. that. <laughs> so, so languages like Ruby and Python, you know, they have Rack and then they have Whiskey and things like that. So they obviously, mm -hmm. you know, they bring in and they're able to, you know, bring in the, the concept of response and request objects. Um, and then languages mm -hmm. like, you know, you have the symphonies and they, they will import the globals into request objects to be OO and to, to be able to then pass them around and, and treat them as such. Yes, so, so your, your opinion then on it is you, you're not a fan. Um, no, I'm not, because there's nothing to actually gain from putting that in into PHP, because there's no, it has no user base, no one's using it. It is not proven uh, in that it could be full of bugs. It's probably not, but it could be, because it's not proven. And there's nothing, there's nothing that it needs that can't be done from an extension on Peckle. Some of the most core extensions in the ecosystem are on Peckle because that is where they belong. Xdebug, um, APC, Redis, Memcached. Everyone is using these, but they don't, they don't need to be in core, and nor does that. It just doesn't. It doesn't need anything from the core that it can't be accessed from outside. There's nothing to gain from our perspective, from internals' perspective, to take on the maintenance of this totally pointless thing because you're still going to have uh, to maintain the old way of doing it, so it's not like yeah, that's going to exactly. change. We can't we can't deprecate the old way of doing it, so we're just giving ourselves more work for what? For no reason. I can't see a reason for it at all. I know it's probably not what people want to hear because they don't want to use these horrible super globals, but I don't care about that. What I care about is what we're going to have to maintain five years hence, and and whether this is actually a good idea. Now, if if that was on Peckle and everyone flooded to download it and everyone flooded to use it, then we could have a conversation about merging it because it would be seemingly a necessity. But it isn't that. 
It's brand new, it's got no users, it's got not proven, don't know how many bugs are in it. It's pointless to, to, to talk about merging it at the moment. It's just a waste of everyone's time. And he brought it up and he got negative responses. As far as I'm concerned, they were negative. And then he just pushed on forwards with it. That's not the way it works. You're supposed to bring it up and if you get a negative response, you yeah, you adapt or you just drop the idea. You come back in another year when you've got a user base or when you've sorted out any problems that people have pointed out, but he hasn't done that. And like you say, put it into Peckle and set, let's see if yeah. people use it. And if, if you know, if the core, if, if a lot of these frameworks do begin to say, look, we want to use this, we want to take advantage of this, you know, then that we have gives you. Then, then we've yeah. got a legitimate conversation about the need to include it. But at the moment, it isn't a legitimate conversation. Uh, it's a totally pointless conversation about including it. So I wish you hadn't wasted everyone's time with it, to be honest. Because that's what it does. When, when, when you don't listen, not only does it frustrate people like me who have got stuff to do, but it actually wastes everyone's time. Yeah. They, they've only got a limited amount of time each day to, to read internals and respond to stuff. And they've got to pick, they've got to literally pick what they're going to read that day. They, they, could, they could be dealing with you know, security issues or they could be dealing with actual problems that we've got rather than, rather than this totally pointless conversation about improvements that aren't really improvements. It's got to have a user base first before even a proper conversation mm. can be had. And, and the fact that the that fact that you know, I'm sure the code is self-contained enough that it can be put into a Peckle package that can then be yeah, already, yeah, more or less already is. Yeah. So there's no, that's what I mean by there's nothing from PHP. So like it doesn't need any internal APIs that aren't mm. exported or anything like that. There's no reason at all to have it in PHP source at the moment. So it's just a non-conversation for me. It's like a, it's a total non-starter. And it's not only me that said that. Other people have said that as well. He's just outright ignoring them and saying, oh, well, this and that. Well, no, listen, you're wasting everyone's time. Uh, that's the way it is at the moment uh, until it's got a user base and then we can talk about it. But at the moment, it is a waste of time. So yeah, that, that, sorry, but <laughs> no, 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 no. It's really interesting to get your your take on it. And I mean, the finally, actually, and again, thanks, Joe, for coming on the show again. It's always it's always great talking to you about all this stuff and um, hunting through your GitHub again. You know, your online oh, yeah. kind of commits and stuff. I love looking through this, Joe. Like looking for your PHP source. I noticed you've got a branch called Throws, um, and you're doing some interesting stuff in there. I'm just wondering, like, what, what what's going on there? Well, it's half finished at the moment. Um, I could because I haven't really got a lot of time to work on it, but I um, I found uh, the other evening a few hours to work on. Uh, you know, um, in dot block, you can have throws yep. in, your, in your dot block, like where people used to put param and things. Well, I hate that. Uh, I really hate that. That's the, the last thing. Comment is code, made. pretty much. Yeah, I really super hate it, because as soon as you've written it, it's wrong. You change the code and your ID might not notice, and it's wrong. Um, and it doesn't know about further up the stack, and so it's wrong. If there's anything worse than than comments, than code that's actually comments or comments that's actually code, it's it's when it's wrong. <laughs> so yeah, what I wanted was just to I didn't want to go all the way to like checked exceptions, which is what Java's got, where you've either got to declare that your method throws it, or, you've it, got or you it. handle it yourself. Yeah, we can't really do we can't really do that. It's not practical because while you're compiling code. You might be calling a function, but the class for it's not loaded, so you don't know what the definition of the method is. And that's the nature of PHP, the nature of dynamic. So we can't really go all that way, but what I wanted was just to kind of verify what is thrown is expected. And then someone someone pointed out, Nikita pointed out that 
if something is thrown that's not expected, you're going to swap that unexpected exception for another exception <laughs> to, tell people that, to tell people that you've got an unexpected exception. And he's right on the face of it. That seems a bit silly. But um, I still think it's valuable because you get an exception that tells you what contract you broke and specifically where and what, what broke it. So I think it's... That's, yeah, it's a, different con- it's, it's a different context you're in, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, it's not going to be all the way to check exceptions. We just can't do that. And everyone would hate it anyway. But I th- I, I still have this niggling feeling. I haven't really worked it all out yet, but I just want to move throws out of the dot block and into your code so that it's right all the time. And that's that's really all I wanted there. But it's not finished yet. No, I think that's a great idea, man. And, and it's a, did you think of this yourself then? Was this something that you've kind of come up with or did you have a discussion with someone beforehand? Oh, no, I'm just sick of... I do code reviews for work. And I'm just sick of writing this dot box wrong, this dot box wrong, this dot box wrong all day. And it's always it's always because of throws or param or one of these stupid things. So I just there's not really a there's not I mean with the params you can just say look write the type in the in the prototype of the function, but with throws there's nothing. Um, yeah, so they, yeah exactly. You haven't got an that. argument really because you can't do anything else yeah thank you so much again joe for coming on the show it's always interesting talking to you about all this stuff and uh a crappy webcam from like i don't know how long ago it seems to have done the trick for the audio i don't know yeah, it says hp on it are you still a company <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right there dude audience it's been another great episode and we shall speak to you again next week goodbye bye you've been listening to three devs and a maybe you can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3, Devs and a Maybe.